Welcome to Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth and guest co-host Maureen Higgins, who is joining us from Wings of Freedom, which is, you've been doing that for 25 years. That doesn't get old. We're celebrating 25 years of being a pioneer in the field of energy healing and the founder of School for Higher Consciousness, but you did that in great collaboration with many. And... Mm -hmm. um, you're an alternative counselor and coach who supports people healing on their healing path. So welcome, Maureen. I'm super excited you. that you're in studio with us and guest co-hosting the show because it's always... Oh, thanks for inviting me. It's always fun to be with you. Um, today, we were going to dive into a topic that I think a lot of times people take for granted, and that is like how space holds energy and how space affects us and the place or space of something can have a certain feel. And sometimes people don't realize, for me, I, I've that's something I've paid attention to ever since I was really little. I, I could like feel the space, the place of, you know, how a place felt. And uh, it was probably part of my survival mechanism, but also one of my gifts. And, um, I really appreciate when a space feels good, uh, and I really have come to uh, understand the importance of keeping a space clear and uh, supportive so that I can focus, I can get my work done, you know, totally. kids. Yeah, so let's dive in. I'm rambling at the moment. No, you're doing great. That's, you know, it's so true that the space that we are in affects how we're feeling. I don't know if you've ever walked into a space and all of a sudden you feel kind of a, like almost like a depression energy mm -hmm. or angry energy or just kind of heavy, heavy. Mm -hmm. And you can go from feeling really good to not feeling good. Sometimes how you can test it is even in your own house, you can kind of get used to, let's say, let's say a depression energy, just as, you yep. know, as the example. How I can tell if it's in the house or not is I'll walk outside my house and if I feel better, then I know that it's something going on in the house. If I don't feel better, it might be me. <laughs> right, right. That's a good, I like that litmus test. And that's a good practical one for all of us is like, is it the space or is it in me and stepping outside of the space? I, yeah, I, I notice similar. And I also, the other part that I um, notice when is like, like even going, uh, you know, to like a place that has a lot of people, I notice I'll have to like kind of bubble up or like put a little bit of protection around me. Otherwise, I can sense and feel way too much in that like a crowd. Uh, yep. And so then when I leave the crowd, if I feel like there's still some remnants of it, then I know I need to like clear myself because I probably took on a little um, of other people's stuff or it amplified something in me, or if I leave the crowd and I feel better, then I know that, you know, it was, I, I left, I left something, you know, that, that was just being in that many, in, in a space with that many people. One kind of thing too, that I always think about is, let's say if you walk into a room, mm -hmm. and let's say you feel good, you walk into a room, you don't feel good, you're feeling, you know, depressed or whatever, by being in the space. And let's say you, I guess, you know, the other thing is, let's say you leave the space and now you don't feel good and you did when you came in. 
you know, the other thing would be is that you picked up on whatever had happened in that space and you haven't let it go. So in other words, let's say that I have, a, let's say I have a tendency towards depression, just as an example, or let's say my ancestry does, we did a, did a show on how, mm -hmm. how we affected by our ancestry. So let's say that we ha we've had a lot of people in our life that have been depressed, or let's say we are, but we're feeling good that day. So if, if we go into a room and we pick up on that depression and then we leave and we still feel the depression, that means we've hooked into whatever was in that room. Mm -hmm. That means that we have an issue that's similar to what was in that space. And then we have to clear ourselves along with the space. You know, you still mm -hmm. want to clear. It's good to, to do some clearing on a space that you're in. But if you leave the room and you feel good after leaving a depressed room, that means that you didn't pick up on the energy. You just felt it when you were in it. I don't know right. if that makes No, that does make sense. And, you know, one of the things I appreciate um, is learning how to clear space, which is one of the courses at the School for Higher Consciousness that you've helped develop and created, and and learning how to clear space so that it can be a place in a space of like higher frequency, more aligned with love and help us manifest more of that higher frequency instead of some of like some places, because just like our bodies hold memory, places hold memory and totally. the objects in the place hold memory and what happens in that space holds memory. And I think back to, you know, much of what we're only, and I think this is shifting and changing rapidly, but we're only really able to see, you know, two to 4% of what's happening in our universe, if we think about it. And so much of that dark matter and information is otherwise all around us. And the more we open up to our intuitive gifts in nature, and the more we're able to see that information that is also informing space we can heal and shift and change that. No, that's a really good point. I remember meeting um, a man named Richard Gott who works at Princeton University in the astrophysics department. And he wrote a book called Time Travel in Einstein's Universe. Mm, yeah. And he believes that likely all the different probabilities that you have, you could have had in your life are living out all at the same time. And so you could be feeling what's going on with another reality with your own self. Like, for example, if you would have married your first boyfriend and, you know, that that trajectory, if you would have not married your current spouse and you were, let's say, single or whatever, you know, all, whatever possibilities there are that they're living side by side. I've never really noticed that per se when I've worked with people, um, but that could even just be the wishing things were different. Like, geez, I wish I would have you know done this instead of the other or who knows, who knows how that all works. But. I do, they, you know, we do have a lot of what's around us that we don't know about. And I think on earth itself, we only know about 40% or less of what's there. But when you go further out into the cosmos, we only know about 2% of oh, what's wow. there. That's a good distinction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I've just learned that by talking to people in the field, but it's, it's really interesting how little we know. Right. And I think, um, but I think as people are awakening, because we're at a critical mass shift on the planet, and as people awaken and step more into their their intuitive nature, which I think people are always using, they just don't realize how much their intuitive nature they're using. And yep. then the more they awaken to, oh, this is how I actually process information, receive information and insight, and get that energy to, to take action, uh, 
the more we can start to tap into what we don't know. Because I think, I'm curious what you think about this, but I wonder, at one point, I think we were more dialed into all of that. Like we had more access, you know. I agree. Long time ago. But, and I think that's coming back online right now, which excites me. Well, I think about what the Sioux Indians said. Um, They said that in ancient times, when we first, when humans first, you could say were seeded, you know, first put here, Mm -hmm. that we had advanced beings, you could say, you know, like advanced ETs, they thought of them as, Mm -hmm. that were here helping us. And when you look at some of the cave drawings and different things, it shows like a more advanced civilization. And even looking at ancient Egypt, they had these different gods that were there. The the Hindu think of the Vedic, you know, the Vedic text show yeah. blue, like a blue gods and so forth, which I always figure are likely these advanced ETs that worked with us in, in ancient times. And what the story goes, according to the Sioux Indians, that there was a group of dark ETs that came on the planet at some point from the Orion star system and started taking over and then the advanced beings, the, these advanced ETs, and you figure extraterrestrial ET means just not from here. Although who knows, maybe they are from here. We don't know, but I mean, right. they, don't look, they don't look like us or, you know, or they're, they're right. different. Maybe it's just about that. But they came in, the dark ETs, and then the advanced ones, because they have such, they have a lot more light, highly refined bodies. They couldn't handle that dark energy. And so in a sense, we, you know, we were abandoned by these advanced beings that were here supporting us and that we were telepathically and energetically connected to. And so a lot of people, and I think that that abandonment by God feeling like we, we don't, like we're, we're missing some deep connection could even be that we lost that connection back then. And then all of a sudden this heavy energy came in at that point. And I, and I actually did a hypnosis session on a woman that at, initially I thought it was like, oh, you know, it's not much of an insight until I started thinking about it. But she she was she she was a little girl in this hypnosis session. It was like a past life. And she was talking in this very quiet little girl voice. And she, you know, at the time was probably 65. And she said, you have to focus on the earth or the spirit guides or you'll get sucked in by these darker energies. Hmm. So in a sense, we really have to, you know, we've we've been needing to focus on our own, our own spiritual self, or our own nature. And, you know, when you look at the dark ETs, what are they? Well, you could say that they're our shadow side. They're the thing that we've come to work through. So it's not something to fear. It's more something to transform. Mm-hmm. And dark energy just means like the heavier issues or the, you know, intent to not do good. But dark matter is different. So let's explain oh, that. Totally. Let's explain that to our listeners, just in case anyone was like, well, she just talked about dark matter. And now we're talking about dark energy. <laughs> well, yeah, it's all a you know, matter of intention of what Correct. it means. But yeah, but dark matter is something that scientists call those invisible energies of the unknown. Right. So that would be that 98% when you go further out into the cosmos or the 60% or more when we're on Earth that we know nothing about. String theory says we're probably, you know, have 11 dimensions and that these dimensions are, you know, part of this dark matter that we just don't know what it all is. So, you know, in quantum entanglement, quantum physics, mm-hmm. all of that would would give a storyline as well. So at least that's my take that the string theory would, would consider that the dark matter, but they, right. they do have these dimensions that they believe exist. Right. I heard one um, person talk about 
a near-death experience she had. And she was saying that when she crossed over before she came back, she could she she likened it almost to um, being in a warehouse and she kind of lifted up and looked down and she could see all the different, like the maze of this warehouse were all her different lifetimes. Um, that's how she, you know, the vision she got and the symbol she got for understanding like that we're manifesting all these different possibilities and different frequencies simultaneous. And what if, go ahead. No, no. I, I was just thinking with, you know, what, one of the, one of the things that we have with our workshop that was kind of shown to me is that if we were to look at our higher self as a pomegranate, mm-hmm. a pomegranate has many seeds in it. One seed is us in our current life and the other seeds are off in other dimensions or other realities, past, present, future, and time only exists because of the gravitational field of the sun and earth. Without mm-hmm. that gravitational field, there is no time and space. And so once we leave our body, there's no time and space either. Right. Likely, you know, unless there's some other thing that we don't understand. But so and there's been a lot of research trying to prove that out. And it has to, to a, a big degree that time doesn't exist. And this Richard Gott book, Time Time Travel in Einstein's Universe, you know, does a lot. Of, it brings the sciences in on all that. It's supposed to be a layperson's book, but the guy is such a genius that you look at it and you go, <laughs> okay. It took me like, you know, a long time just to read one chapter because he's really, a, you know, to him it's like grade school, but to me it's like PhD. You know? <laughs> Isn't it funny? Well, even, I mean, yes, the pomegranate is a much more pretty <laughs> and a prettier analogy too than a warehouse. I like, I prefer to see it as and and that one seed in the pomegranate is us and then all those other seeds are all those other lifetimes past present future simultaneous that you know are influencing us and that's why we want our higher self that pomegranate to be in charge of what's happening in our life because it knows what's going on with all these other realities that we don't know about that right the higher self is the pomegranate yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Pomegranate, higher self are one and the same. Yeah. And this analogy. Yeah. Yes. Which definitely helps because if you think about that, then uh, when I can align my ego more, you know, and surrender to my higher self, things that I can't even dream happen. Um, whereas when I really try to like figure it out just from my brain or figure it out just from my personality or ego, I, it, takes so much more energy yeah doesn't it though i know but it's a hard one for the brain to do even though it works so much better totally the brain likes to be in charge it just does yeah i mean the brain's like the dashboard right and it's like telling you like speed up slow down eat food go to sleep rest fuel up but you know it don't a lot a large part of our brain is done on past patterning and so Unless mm-hmm. we're really conscious and moving into that higher level aspect of our brain, it's like we are just going to keep uh, repeating. But, totally. Yeah. But so space, like space matters. And, and I think we often like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, we can make do or whatever. But uh, I once heard uh, when I when I was studying some of the the Vedic and yogic literature, that every object in a space holds thought, memory. And all of a sudden I could look around my room and I saw it so different, right? Ah. 
um, just that, that frequency. So how do we continue to keep our space clear and at a higher frequency? We'll continue that conversation as we come back. This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth and Maureen, and we'll be right back. School for Higher Consciousness, we are committed to raising the level of consciousness on the planet by educating and empowering people to grow, evolve, and live well. The School for Higher Consciousness is dedicated to supporting people through this critical time on the planet. Our classes provide a path that deeply connects you to your inner power and higher levels of consciousness. At the School for Higher Consciousness, we inspire, teach, and empower people to develop the skills and practices needed to energetically heal, grow, and connect more fully to their life purpose. The School for Higher Consciousness is building a global community grounded in the power of collaboration, the spirit of unity, consciousness, and the joy of human connection to help usher in a new model for a new era. Our programs include the Energetic Healing Program, Conscious Leadership Transforms, The Physical Alchemist, and much more. They are rooted in wisdom and designed to support your continued growth and transformation. This is Elizabeth from Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth, and I hope you register and learn more at schoolforhigherconsciousness.com. That's schoolforhigherconsciousness.com. This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth and Maureen Higgins, who's guest co-hosting with me from Wings of Freedom in the School for Higher Consciousness. And today we're talking about a lot of different things. And one of them is keeping space clear and at a higher frequency so that we can manifest our lives better and more optimally with the intent that is more aligned with our higher self, truth and source. And so, you know, who knows where we'll go next in this segment, but, um, but part, I mean, I think about, you know, talking about some of the ancient civilizations, Egypt and, and some of these other more advanced civilizations used, understood that like you wanted to be in alignment with certain star systems and planets and placement on land and how the sun moves across the land. But also they understood about sacred geometry and gridding and bringing in a higher level thinking and feeling state to support the space. They sure did. Ancient Egypt, I, I remember buying a book years ago about that. It's, they were very advanced. They would they would design all their 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 kind of fields that where they would grow food in and their houses based on the astrology and geometry. Right. Of the, of the cosmos. Yes. They're, yeah. Very advanced. Group. It, it makes me want to like rebuild my house to that. Well, I know there's actually a feng shui astrology that um, that you can do for your house that is based on it's like instead of Vastu? Are you talking about Vastu or is there another one? There's another one. Okay. One of my friends, Yvonne Nelson, she does it. It's an astrology. It's almost like your, your house is built. Let's say my house is built in 1992. That's the birth date of the house. And it's kind of like a person. Everything fits that. But they also use the feng shui model too. It's like a combination of astrology and feng shui to determine what's going on with your house. Oh, cool. Cause I I've dabbled in a little bit of Vastu, but which is the Vedic approach to space and, and, uh, uh, elements and how it's situated on the land in the house. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I wanted to just pick up on something yeah. you, you said at the very end of the segment about how objects can carry energy. Yeah. Let's go there. Yeah, one thing that that I've noticed too is like when you walk into a space 
And this is an example. I, I bought a house years ago that had a lot of wallpaper. Mm. On and it had this really heavy kind of painful energy in the house mm -hmm. and i ripped the wallpaper out of the house and all that energy went away amazing so i found i found that carpet holds energy wallpaper holds energy curtains you know any fabrics hold energy like a wood floor doesn't seem to hold the energy as much so if somebody has a wood floor floor it's usually fine or just bare like um regular walls you know, that I can't think of the name of it. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah, like plaster. <laughs> yeah. That, that doesn't seem to Dry carry wall. as much as it will, but not like curtains or wallpaper or carpet. That If you have that in your house and you want to change the energy in your house, just move those out of there and you're going to have a whole different vibe. Isn't it interesting? Like, I, I'm always fascinated by that. And, and ever since learning um, – how to teach and how to do creating sacred spaces, which is one of the courses at the school for higher consciousness. Now, when I paint, I put the, uh, I put positive intentions into the paint and I notice such yeah. a shift when the walls get painted in my house. Like it just, everything kicks up a notch. Totally. Which I think is, but it's amazing to me that like, you know, removing carpet and, and some of the material things that tend to hold or are stickier to clear, um, drapes, curtains, uh, how much of a difference it can make in a house. And one thing too is let's say you've already painted your walls, it's really hard to put energy into an already you know, to in encode mm -hmm. frequency energy into an already painted wall. Mm -hmm. But if you can and I know this is what you meant. If you put it into a paint can, like the liquid paint. Yes, thank you for that clarification. Paint, before you paint the wall, you can put intentions in what you want your house to have for an energy, like love and freedom, peace, you know, whatever it is. And put it, then you can, when the when the, when you paint the house, then it, all of a sudden those frequencies are in the paint and they become a part of the wall. The gentleman, one of the gentlemen that, because we live in, uh, over, in a house that's over 100 years old, and one of the gentlemen that's helped us with our, house updating uh who's a master painter and he now just brings me the paint he's like okay do your thing <laughs> so cool. and i'm like thanks mike shout out to mike <laughs> and he doesn't make fun of me for it he's just like okay great i was like you want to learn it mike he's like sure but <laughs> that's so cool yeah it does make a difference. Yeah, because I, I remember when um, I learned that and I started looking around. I was in my office when I was, like, I had this office space in our house that I also would practice in. And um, I, I'm a big Post-it girl. And I will have, like, Post-its up on my wall of, like, things I need to attend to. And I was like, oh, my gosh. All of a sudden, the whole room felt, like, full of thoughts, right? <laughs> <laughs> all these objects <laughs> and I was just like oh my gosh I gotta clear this space and be more intentional about what I put in it uh to keep my mind in a clear and and I think that's also why one of the things I unsuccessfully so far but try to um impress upon my kids is like make your bed because that's even just an energetic like you know step that it's true clears the space and then when you get back in that night it's like a you know a fresh start 
Well, even decluttering, like when you really get the hit to, you know, the, the urge to declutter your house, typically you're decluttering your inner self too. It's like they definitely go together. So how what your space is like and what you're feeling do go together. Totally. It's definitely a reflection. Um, it definitely is. My dad had a, a den that my mom would keep the doors shut because it was just full of clutter and just un, unresolved envelopes that, you know, mail or whatever that would just pile up. And I notice I don't necessarily do that by any means, but I do notice like it will take me a day or two to get through my mail. <laughs> so there's like an ancestral pattern, right? Uh, to, a, to a smaller degree, way smaller. Like, but yeah, definitely an imprint that I can, can resolve. Um, so when people are learning, you know, cause the other thing that I think is interesting is that, the earth, which is, you know, takes up space and, and is, we need the space for the earth to even just exist. Like that can also, even though Gaia itself is at a high frequency, what has happened on Gaia holds, just like our body holds energy um, and holds some of those traumas and uh, imprints from wars or immigration or you know all any kind of major you know flooding or <laughs> whatever um and how important it is to support the earth as we shift our frequency and clear and heal support the earth's healing and frequency definitely yes and i know it that when like if there's a war, a lot of times there can be like imprints on the land that mm -hmm. you can just, attention is big. You're just asking, your, you know, your the, the earth is the spirit of the earth in a sense to to be in charge of the healing. You can call in the devas, which are the natural intelligence of all physical things to be there almost like as the spirit guides to help, you know, clear any of the imprints that are on the earth that are that are that are keeping war locked in. And then also. You lost, know, a lot of times lost people, souls. People, oh my gosh, that's what I was going to say. Go ahead, you, you you finish that one. I was going to say that too. Go ahead. Just like <laughs> if there was a war, there's tends to be a lot of lost souls that haven't crossed over that can be locking in the energy of war or you know despair, um, tragedy, and and needing to cross, inviting those lost souls to cross over will really clear land, including. I always a lot of times find when I'm clearing land where there's been a war of whatever kind. Um, like the horses will want to clear because they might not have wanted to leave unless the soldiers went with them or the dogs or, you know, even some of the trees that fell. I don't know what you find and, and what else you were going to say about that. But but crossing over the lost souls to not be locking in the, the war energy is an important piece of land clearing. Oh, definitely. It, it, it's amazing how much better it can feel. Once you, once you like palpably better. Yeah. And a lot of times it will be a whole group of people when there's a war, because yep. you know, that whole saying that, you know, no, no soldier left behind. They don't, they tend to want to be there for each other, the platoon or the group. And so a lot of times if one person hasn't crossed over from a war, you're going to find a whole platoon or group of them that, that haven't crossed over. And so it's helpful to just ask to pinpoint, you know, any, anybody who hasn't crossed over from the war 
you know, and sometimes there could be other timelines. I know this is a little confusing, but other wars that may have happened in a similar location. Yes. At a different time, at a different timeline, you know, a different time in history, let's say 1700s, 1800s, just as an example. Right. They can kind of tie into each other. So you can ask that they all move out together, both of these these different wars, or even that you can untie the different timelines from each other, which is a little more complicated. But there's different techniques that you can do to help clear the land. Totally. That you that you can learn with, well, first starting with creating sacred spaces with the school, which is a little more, you know, it's a beginner class, but once you take a lot of class, all the classes with the school, with that energetic healing program, you really clear land just like you would a person in a lot of ways. Right. And I think it's so important, like what you're saying in terms of those other timelines that can be intersecting, because just like we've talked about in previous shows that the ancestry will repeat a pattern until we learn it. The same thing can happen for Earth is like that energy can be held and locked into a place where there was a battle or a war. Mm -hmm. And then 100 years later, using your example, if a conflict arises and that part energy isn't undone, <laughs> that can lead to, oh, this is the solution we have. Let's go to war. Right. And mm -hmm. And those timelines can be intersecting and influencing each other and amplifying it instead of coming up with a new solution, which is like war might not be the answer. Um, something else, you know, more positive or more productive, maybe. Like a chess game. Why not play chess and decide who wins? <laughs> <laughs> or just do away with that altogether. You know, My that kids we, play a lot of chess. Against them. We don't need that model anymore. We don't. No. And in fact, you know, dying for our beliefs is an outdated paradigm, right? Like, if we really want to stay current, uh, truth changes. And so Carl Jung um, once said, what was true at breakfast may be suspicious by lunch and may be a lie by dinner. And I always go back, say that again. I haven't heard that. That's a good one. Isn't that great? I always go back to it because when I was um, studying and yoga and, and training uh, yoga therapists, you know, part of it is to stay current, right? Like a part of the yamas and niyamas is like, stay current with what's true with satya, like what is true for you? And sometimes we just lock in and we're like, I'm going to die for this belief at the cost of myself and others. And I think that paradigm is so outdated. It's why we had holy wars on the planet. It's why um, people sometimes will just like really lock in instead of like, is it true? Is it necessary? Is it the right time? And is it kind? And if we can ask ourselves those four questions, we can often come back current with ourselves and say like, huh, Things may have shifted. I might not believe that anymore. What was what was true for me at breakfast? I have more data at lunch, and by dinner, I realize, oh, that wasn't true. I I have to like kind of sit with that and maybe get curious about why it wasn't true and step into something new that's more aligned with sovereignty and freedom and love and authenticity. We hope. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's the goal. I mean, it could take a lot longer than going for breakfast, lunch. Well. <laughs> That's a good analogy. Though. Let's like, hope like, our cycle time gets that fast because yeah, that's we're. I would like I'm aligned with that, Elizabeth, for sure. <laughs> Let's hope our cycle time starts to get that fast that, you know, we can really digest the divine truth that is being presented to us in this day and age. 
Um, for sure. You know, our mind might get it a lot faster. Well, our mind typically gets it faster than our emotions and, and our emotions get it faster than our body. So, right. you know, we might be in partial alignment and then we get more and more aligned as we keep healing ourselves and growing and changing. Right. Yeah. But um, clearing space and healing the earth and places on the land, which is, you know, comes later in uh, the learning in the school for higher consciousness, but both of those have been powerful tools in terms of just not being, for me, not being so overwhelmed when I walk into a space, you know, like if the energy is really heavy, I mean, I might still get overwhelmed, but at least I have some ways to heal myself and, and the space if the space is open to it. For sure. Yeah. And I, and you were talking about geometry earlier, and that's part of what is is in the the first creating sacred spaces for the school for higher consciousness is that there is a process that's not mine that that you do a, a star of David grid system to help keep your space clear. It's like an automatic clearing system. But then I came up with something that is a little different but similar, encrypted star of David. And you figure that a you know a, a pyramid or a star or a triangle going up is about heaven which is also Judaism's symbol and the triangle, or you could even use a pyramid going down is earth. So you're bringing heaven on earth. Mm -hmm. So you're bringing all these things from the cosmos that are positive to earth. And so that's a, that's a well-known uh, grid or sacred geometry that really works well because it's been around for so long. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, let's continue talking about it. We're going to take a brief break and return with Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth and Maureen and why space matters and our healing journey and all sorts of other places we're going to go. <laughs> places and spaces. All the places we'll go. For higher consciousness, we are committed to raising the level of consciousness on the planet by educating and empowering people to grow, evolve, and live well. The School for Higher Consciousness is dedicated to supporting people through this critical time on the planet. Our classes provide a path that deeply connects you to your inner power and higher levels of consciousness. At the School for Higher Consciousness, we inspire, teach, and empower people to develop the skills and practices needed to energetically heal, grow, and connect more fully to their life purpose. The School for Higher Consciousness is building a global community grounded in the power of collaboration, the spirit of unity, consciousness, and the joy of human connection to help usher in a new model for a new era. Our programs include the Energetic Healing Program, Conscious Leadership Transforms, The Physical Alchemist, and much more. They are rooted in wisdom and designed to support your continued growth and transformation. This is Elizabeth from Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth, and I hope you register and learn more at schoolforhigherconsciousness.com. That's schoolforhigherconsciousness.com. This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth and guest co-host Maureen Higgins from Wings of Freedom and the School for Higher Consciousness. And we're here talking about why space matters and healing land and houses. And we're going to dive into like, you know, Let's talk about houses because I was on a walk with a friend recently and we were walking by a historic home in St. Paul that uh, this person had looked at um, and said, oh, it would be so cool to live there. And it was on the market. This is years ago. And this person had walked through it and said, like, 
oh my gosh, the energy when you got, like, there was no way I was going to do laundry in the basement. Like, whatever went on there, like, wasn't going to happen. <laughs> and obviously didn't buy that home. But, I mean, I, I remember even in our house, like, there were parts of our house that needed some healing and some clearing. Uh, and it wasn't that intense. Like, I was willing to go down in the basement and do laundry. But, yeah, let's talk about it. Well, I do do think that there's a lot of different reasons why a space doesn't feel good. You know, one mm -hmm. of the things too is we were talking about lost souls earlier. Yep. I remember doing this doing a space clearing. There was a whole family that was there. It was the mom, the dad, the you know, the one that lived in the house and her siblings and so forth. They were all showing up for this house clearing. As lost and souls. No, no, no. Oh. They were there physically as people. Alive. Okay, sorry. Okay. They were there. They were all there. Clarifying. Just they wanted to see what this was like. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. A couple of them really didn't know what to think. They didn't really believe in this kind of stuff, but they were just interested. So they, it was an old house and there was, I saw this person that was like, you know, cause I was using intuitive sight or clairvoyance right. that was in the bathtub. And it was a woman that was just laying there in the bathtub, like a spirit. And, and the woman that lived in the house said, Oh yeah, somebody died in the bathtub. Oh, weird. And so, yeah. So I, we crossed over this woman that 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 died in the bathtub. And then there was a guy, a lost soul that was sitting in a rocking chair. And she goes, yeah, the, the guy did like, you know, for whatever reason, she knew that these, the couple that lived in their house, this is how they died in the house. Wow. And so we cleared, we cleared those two out, you know, moved them, crossed them over to the other side. And even the people that were kind of like, not sure what to think about this whole clearing thing, they were like, the house feels considerably different. Isn't it? Those, gone it's amazing because you and i have done some clearings together with some other people and and just like the before and after is yeah can be so dramatic and i know for my house I, I tend to do a, like a house clearing on it once a month because it's just like we're in the times that we're in and it feels like it needs that support whereas a few years ago i felt like i could do it once every couple of months, um, not needing the frequency that we need right now. No, that's for sure. And then, you know, what do you do if you live in a townhouse or a condo where there's neighbors? Yeah. What do you do when you share a wall with, you know, a row house or a townhouse or a condo? Well, I'm in that situation. So, you know, I've had that happen. I remember there was the neighbor a number of years ago rented the house out for the winter. And there was somebody next that rented from him or was there for a few months that had this, I could feel this extreme depression energy. Oh yeah. That was, that was coming from there. And you can't interfere and say, I'm going to clear that person, you right. know, to, to clear whatever's going on. But, but it was so hard for me to be in the house because it was so heavy that I just put the intention that if the higher self of that person was open to it, that they would clear out, you know, this heavy energy and almost look like an entity kind of thing, which you could think of as a, issue. you know, a yeah, like an issue or however you want to look at entities. And so I asked that just either that the entity be corded outside the house so that I wouldn't have to feel it or that this person would just simply let it go. Because, you know, maybe this person's been praying for, you know, help in releasing his depression. And then all of a sudden I'm tuned into it for a reason. You never know. So I just asked his higher self to decide whether he moves that entity out and replaces it with a spirit or if it just gets kind of moved away from me so that I don't have to 
you know, feel the energy. And the, the person did get rid of the entity because I could feel it moving out or this heavy energy, whatever depression, however you want to look at it. And then the house felt better. So a lot of times if it's, if there's somebody next door, I, I also try to ask that when I set up my star David grid to keep out other people's energies. But if it sneaks in, then I figure maybe there's a reason for it. Maybe that person on some level is looking for assistance. But again, I always ask that their higher self is in charge. Their spirit that never dies decides whether they do any work or not. But I, I want to make sure that I'm not feeling stuff that I don't need to, if that makes any sense. No, it does make total sense. And it's you're talking about having also good energetic boundaries and and good, good hygiene around like the work we do. Because um, if it's impacting you, it's like you want to default to other people's higher selves. What if anything they accept and know that sometimes people have certain things going on with them because it's their next level of learning and they won't learn it if it gets taken <laughs> away yeah, too exactly. soon. Um, yeah, I was helping uh, a person clear their house uh, who they've been in the house for over 10 years. This is recent, just the last mm -hmm. week. They've been in their house for over 10 years, but the house hasn't been completed, like the building of it. And as we tuned in, I could see this massive vortex that was underneath it. And a vortex um, is when positive energy gets trapped under a building or a structure, and then it isn't it, it, it can feed heavier energies because it's trapped. And when vortexes are outside, not underneath a building or a structure, but, you know, and the devas of nature, uh, it's positive, right? It can support the, yep. the tree. And we, so we were moving this massive vortex out and we were seeing that there was like another timeline that they had been in on that same land. So we were healing that. And um, all of a sudden, like <laughs> this person felt so much better, right? Because we did the clearing and, and crossed some past timelines out. Um, that were negatively impacting her and her family. And then the punch list uh, for the completion of the house started to happen within literally hours of that. Wow. I mean, and that issue had been growing for that family, but it was pretty exciting. She called later and she was like, oh my gosh, we made, we got through six rooms of punch list and normally I can only get through half a room. So... Um, I'm hopeful that that home gets done because the family really loves that home. It just that negative energy underneath that was trapped was really preventing and that past life that they had on that land together was really preventing the completion. That is interesting. And, and it can, you know, I actually had, a, you know, like a natural vortex that my house was built over as well. Yeah, me too. Way back in the, like the early 2000s. And Every day I would end up clearing that vortex because things would get trapped in there since it's, you know, something that goes into the earth and it's, it's trapped, it's trapped by the house. So it can't, you know, naturally expel things. And so that's, you know, and I, and I, and it was so difficult to have to clear that every day, at least once a day, that that's where, the, where, where I just asked for a technique to be able to, to move that vortex energetically outside. So that one really makes a big difference because I think that happens a lot. And you can keep clearing it like I did back in 2000, 2001 every day. <laughs> but why, you know, if you don't have Can to? we have a more efficient approach, please? Yeah, anytime you have something that you need to heal, put it out there to your higher self and the guides to come up with a solution. Yeah. Because I, 
telling you, there, it, I, that happens to me a lot, and I'm sure it does to you too, Elizabeth. Yeah. All of a sudden, comes in, that works really well, and then it, it eliminates all that time and energy you spent with the last, you know, clearing and clearing and clearing doesn't have to happen anymore. Totally. Yeah. I. I mean, you know, it just. It. Yeah. Asking. Asking your higher self and guides for solutions is way more efficient than sometimes just you know, doing the same thing over and over again, like you said, yeah. <laughs> I'm great. Yeah, there's always a solution. It's just, we might not know what it is, but there, it's there somewhere. It's in that 98% of the unknown, that dark matter we talked about earlier. Yes, where new solutions and better solutions can come forward if we yeah. only will listen and surrender, <laughs> be yeah, open exactly. to them. Yeah, yep. Sometimes we get set in our, set in our ways around it. At least I know yeah, I have. Um, yeah, we got 98% of, of the unknown to access, so why not? Right. And then why not, you know, like once those vortexes get anchored outside, like with a tree or, you know, where they aren't hindered by a structure, then they like benefit the land so much and really help everything stay at a much higher frequency, like you said. Totally. So yeah, there's so many things you can do to help your house cross over lost souls, move vortexes, put in a star of David, you know, and just, you know, work with timelines, past lives, if you believe in past lives, or you can think of it as an archetype. But, you know, it could be, a, you know, past lives can just mean that something happened on the property, you know, a long right. time ago, and it's still there. So I mean, that definitely, if you work with it, even if you don't believe in it, if you work with it, it does help. So that's how. That's what made that. That's what made me a believer is that you work with something and and it works. Me too. And whether or not, yeah. Whether or not it's exactly the way you're thinking about it, you know. I figure we. I may be having a kindergarten viewpoint about a PhD event. Right. <laughs> but at least it works. <laughs> right. I mean, I always like every once in a while when I think like I get stuck too much in this moment. And I look out uh, in our neighborhood and we have these trees that have been there for like 300 years. There's giant beans. And I'm just like, wow, what? Like, and, you know, they're only 300 years old, which is microscopic in the realm of timelines. But I'm just like, what? Like this, we have this great white uh, pine and a great oak and a bunch of other big oaks. And I just... Like it, I just wonder what they hold. For sure, I'm sure, and they have such a beautiful energy. I have an oak tree outside my house. That one person that came to my house called it a grandmother tree, and I thought that is so, so appropriate. It's almost like that tree just holds. Just it's almost like it holds this vibration that really um, is anchored into the earth. It's bringing all this positive earth energy. So trees are just a beautiful expression of the divine, and you know, I just they really help us. Totally. And then, and this morning, you know, you were talking about asking spirit guides and I was thinking, cause our great Oak, um, one of the limbs fell and it was so loud. It was almost, it felt like an earthquake. Right. And I went out to look at it and the utility had wrapped a rope from the utility pole around the great Oak. And I think oh. the frequency of like electricity versus the great Oak was just like, out of frequency and there was a little bit of a, you know, there was a branch that was probably ready to be trimmed to and natural growth process. But when I was meditating this morning and just kind of looking at things, 
um, my higher self is like, remember to align with the frequency of nature, like not like we're electric beings, right? But we, but not like Wi-Fi and not, you know, the more we can attune to that, the brilliance of nature, the, the happier we become because of our own nature. Totally. That's, that's a good reminder. It's easy to be stuck in the house all day and night and so forth, but Getting outside, if you can stand on the earth with your bare feet, that is really helpful too, just to be out there in nature. Nature is is a part of us, really. Totally. And it's a, you know, we're a microcosm of the macrocosm. So totally. the more we realize our own nature and align with the beauty of nature, I think the healthier we become and the more potential we shine, um, both in our inner space and in our outer space, it reflects. Any last things we can a call to action or something we can support the listeners with as we think about space? Well, to really think about your space and how it's feeling because it does help you. It, it, it defines how you're feeling each day. So if you have a space that feels light and happy, then you're going to feel light and happy. If you have a space that feels depressed and heavy, then you're going to feel depressed and heavy, whether you realize it or not. So if you're finding that you're not feeling your best in your space, especially if you walk outside your space and you're feeling better, then it's a, it's a for sure sign, a litmus test. But even if you're feeling not so good in or out, it could be that there's something that you can clear both inner and outer, you know, your own inner self and your outer space that will help you be your best self. And that's really what it's all about is all of us to, to rise up and be our best self. And your space does influence how you feel each day. Totally. And if you want to learn more, by all means, join us at one of the courses at the School for Higher Consciousness or just see what works for you by asking your higher self and guides what is optimal for you to clear your space in a way that's supportive and nourishing. Well, Maureen, it's been a delight to have this conversation and the importance of space and that element of ether and how it informs how we feel and manifest ourselves Thank you for being on with me. Thank you for inviting me. I've really enjoyed this. It's been a delight always. This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth and guest co-host Maureen Higgins from Wings of Freedom and the School for Higher Consciousness. You can find her at both of those websites. Thank you.